0: You're listening to the Carmel Apples Podcast, a retro trek of all things warmly nostalgic '70s and '80s pop culture and beyond. I'm Kennedy Rizzo, and I'm Cooper Lee, and we're so excited that you pushed play and decided to join us this week. When speaking of retro entertainment, variety shows were quite the mainstay back when. Get ready to dive into the Carmelicious retro favorite—that of Hee Haw. In the ante each and every week with all of our Caramelicious Retro Topics. We
1: like to get <laughs> retro.
0: We sure do. We don't mess around. <laughs> it's a caramel mess. <laughs> <laughs> and this week is no different. For variety shows presented for constant entertainment back in the day, really went hand in glove. Variety shows gained popularity and picked up rapid speed, I believe, starting in the 50s. Oh, boy. (laughs) So thankfully, we don't go back that far. uh... Not even.
1: (laughs) Not super clear on that either, but that sounds about safe enough. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with it. And, And the variety show genre was seen in all facets of entertainment, even in kid shows and cartoons But many a popular show or ten came under the umbrella term for entertainment. Mm -hmm. As we'll see play out this week. This week, we're excited to discuss the fun and wonder contained in a particular enjoyable variety show with a country bend.
0: And that was Hee (laughs) Haw! Oh my goodness, (laughs) Hee (laughs) Haw! Man, Hee Haw was such a mainstay to behold in our household each Saturday evening. Oh, yeah. Saturday evenings were loyally dedicated to all things country. I know. (laughs) Okay, big shock, huh, folks? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. No. Our folks loved and always loved themselves some country music, didn't they, Cooper? Oh, yeah, they really did. They still
1: do. (laughs) They really do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'd watch, like, the Grand Ole
1: Opry, Dolly Parton... I think had a variety show that we always watched and she'd sing her iconic song, I'll Always Love You. Yeah, she
0: did, she did. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, wow. You know Great memories indeed. (laughs) Saturday
0: night programming was epic. It surely was, Coop. Better, much calmer times in a sense. You know, at least from a youthful perspective. Mm -hmm. So, we have a lot of exciting highlights and details to share with the Orchard Archivers this week. So let's get started, shall we? Yeah. So this is going to be
1: so very nostalgic. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so Hee Hall is an, an American television variety show featuring country music and humor with the fictional rural Cornfield County as the backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> its first run aired on uh, CBS Network from 1969 to 1971. Then in syndication from 1971 to 1993, mm,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is surprising that it went
0: that long. Yeah, you just, like, you don't think about that when you're living it.
2: Yes. That is
0: impressive.
1: Probably because we also moved to other things that we were watching. <laughs> but, you know, at the time, it seemed like it was just mainly when we were really, really small.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: lastly, on TNN, from 1996 to 1997. So you can see that He Hall has had an impressive, quite a long run here and
0: there over the years okay that's correct he haul a mixture of music and comedy skits those being a staple of the syndicated television lineup for more than 20 years goodness talk about having some staying power right you are cooper originally the show had aired on cbs but was canceled in 1971. Because the network thought it was, get this, too rural? <laughs> <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> what? Yeah, let <lady. laughs>
1: That is the premise. Yeah. It oh. got a green light,
0: so now what? Okay. Hollywood was always kind of weirdos, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the creative execs were smoking something.
1: <laughs> you know, I always find it, you know, comical how the top dogs think tanks, you know, really kind of overthink things. They do. Yeah, it still do.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: You know, if they fall outside of their we have blinders on type of perspective outlook, um, like Hollywood seems to have
0: always kind of had blinders on, didn't they? Yeah. And it's crazy. And we've talked about this very point in other notable Orchard Trek retros. Um, But then, when creative execs huff and puff, but then decide to take a gamble on XYZ, XYZ goes viral in essence, and gets a lot of attention and adoration, now it becomes a really big hit. Yeah. Then the networks and the creative execs want to pat themselves on the back, (laughs) because now they have the biggest thing going. And, oh, we knew this was going to work and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you said, we've talked about this in other shows
1: before, how it it kind of seemed like out of left field. It was yeah. an idea that someone really was struggling to kind of get yeah. pushed. And when it finally did get the green light, then they're like, well,
0: where have you been, old buddy, old pal? Exactly. It's like,
1: well, this could have been going on already.
0: Yeah. They need to take more of a gamble, I think. Cause yes. I don't know what that is. That's strange. The the formula's backwards. It is. It's kind of silly. It it is very
1: silly. (laughs) (laughs) So, to my rule. (laughs) To rule my eye. (laughs) How about some caramel to dunk those early doubts in? (laughs) (laughs) Terribly crazy. But thank goodness they were wrong. Because now, not only did we get to watch weekly all the fun to be had that played out on Hee Haw... But now we get to finally recall all of the warm memories we treasured
0: and can recall from watching Hee Haw. Mm -hmm. Win-win in a nutshell. Yeah. Hee Haw was a good, clean, family-oriented series that you could let your kids watch without embarrassment. Mm -hmm. That's one of the selling factors of why our parents enjoyed it. But it was fairly kid-friendly as well. Yeah, I agree that it was pokey and corny. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that too. <laughs> but,
1: but what of it? You know, if it made you laugh and feel good?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that is what mindless entertainment is supposed to do for people. <laughs> it serves as a refreshing escape from the hustle and bustle of day-to-day life. You know, and he hall showcased some of the most amazing performers of the country and Western music world. It was said that it was like the TV version of Nashville's legendary Grand Ole Opry. We mentioned a moment ago.
0: We sure did. Yeah, we saw country music giants perform on this series, which we'll get into much more detail on such ones here momentarily, like Roy Clark, Buck Owens, (laughs) Lulu Roman, Little Jimmy Dickens, and Grandpa Jones. We'll dig deeper on a couple of these stars shortly. I know we will. (laughs) Hee-Haw was more than an entertaining variety show. It was a cultural and legendary phenomenon. I challenge you to quiz anyone coming or going who hasn't heard of or watched (laughs) Hee-Haw. So Kennedy. (laughs) Could you imagine if someone actually said
1: no? (laughs) Oh my god. From around our generation or older? And these ones have definitely been dwelling under the biggest rock known to men. You said it word. <laughs> the younger generations maybe. But not from our time. How embarrassing that would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they might not want to put their hand up on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hee Haw proved you should never underestimate cornball factor number nine.
2: <laughs>
0: Hee Haw is just that. All cornball. Slapstick, T and A, along with great country music peppered throughout. And, Coop, people ate it up. Much of the series' appeal also came from its fair amount of satire and the cast members' unerring ability to laugh at themselves. (laughs) Very important. The viewers never got the impression that anyone felt demeaned by any of it. See, Cooper, this is the type of humor and entertainment I enjoy and appreciate. Yeah. I like that light and eerie feel of things. Yeah. Because we need it desperately. We really do. (laughs)
1: Like a teddy. (laughs) And in the majority of each week's show segments included a bevy of skits, blackouts, and corny jokes. (laughs) However, the meat of Hee Haw came from its music. Yeah. Every week, two or three country music stars guest. And usually one or two of the guests being well-established. The others, newer and -and up-and-coming stars as well, featuring bluegrass, country, gospel, and other acts. Singers and musicians, popular
0: with country audiences. Mm
2: -hmm. This
1: was baked into the offering weekly.
0: Yeah, reruns of Hee Haw were broadcast on RFD-TV from September 2008 to April 2020 and aired on Circle. The show was inspired by Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, But centered on country music, rural rather than pop culture inspired humor, and with far less topical material. Hosted by a couple of country music artists powerhouses at the time for most of its run, and we'll get more into depth here momentarily. The series was equally well known for its component, cornpone, or (laughs) that word's unsophisticated (laughs) humor, As well as showcasing voluptuous, scantily clad women known as the Hee Hall honeys. uh, Wearing stereotypical farmer's daughter's outfits. Gotta make sure that fine gentleman folk get their expected dose of eye candy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they usually had to make way for that here. Hee Hall's appeal, however, was not limited to a rule-only audience. Mm -hmm. See, I like this note of interest too, right here. (laughs) <laughs> he haul was successful in all major markets, like network-based Los Angeles and New York City, okay. as well as Boston and Chicago. Mm. We'd like to mention that other niche programs, like Soul Train, which we did do a whole episode on, so please check that out.
2: Check it out! Good sense
1: <laughs> And also a show called The Lawrence Welker Show. Okay, hmm. never heard of that one. Uh-uh, me either. But both of these targeted older, more mature Black audiences, respectively, and rose to prominence
0: in syndication during the same era as Hee Haw. Oh. As we said, <laughs> Hee Haw was curiously inspired by the earlier mentioned show Rowan and Martin's laugh But much like laugh the series minimized production costs by taping all of the reoccurring sketches for a season in batches, mm. setting up the cornfield set one day, the joke fence on another, and so forth. Hee Haw at its height had a season's worth of shows recorded over the course of two separate week-long shoots, and then assembled in the in- editing suite. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. So only the musical performances were taped with a live audience.
1: Which they did do more of that back then, you know, doing things in front of a live studio
0: audience. Oh, sure did. And also, in crazy cool retro fashion, a laugh track (laughs) was included to all the other pre-recorded segments. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and true to the standout theme or background of the show,
1: it was noted that Hee Haw was taped for the CBS Network in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Then later at Opryland, USA, in the city's Donaldson area. Uh, the series was produced by Young Street Productions through the mid 80s and later produced by Gaylord
0: Entertainment, which was responsible for distributing Hee Haw and syndication. Hee Haul's creators, Frank Pepiat and John Aylesworth, were both Canadian born writers who had extensive experience in writing for variety shows. Their creative resume is quite impressive. Inspired prior huge success of other well-known rural sitcoms of the 60s. Now that's going back some years, Kennard. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And some of these well-known offerings included Green Acres, Mm -hmm. The Andy Griffith Show, and The Beverly Hillbillies, which all had their flair of country parodying. The creative execs sought to craft a variety show basically catering to that same audience. Although the twist was that neither gentleman had a firm grasp on rural comedy, (laughs) wrap that out. (laughs) So, how was the undertaking going to play out? (laughs) Well, if you're aiming to make an
1: award-winning caramelicious cake, you gotta focus on obtaining or using the right ingredients. Uh So, our creative execs went to work. They selected a pair of hosts who, well, represented each side in what was described as a divide in country and Western music at the time. Fun fact, our two chosen hosts, Kennard, whose names the moment upon hearing them is literally synonymous with the amazingly entertaining show we've been discussing, Hee haul. Those two hosts' names were Roy Clark and Buck Owens bookoins
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> So <laughs> This is how crazy we were as children. Okay. <laughs> we would be singing another song to a very popular show that we watched all the time, The Love Boat. We did a show on that already. <laughs> um but we would be singing the song as little kids. Yes. And when we get to the end of the Love Boat theme song,
0: that's what it was. It was Love Boat.
1: <laughs> Welcome aboard. It's love. And then we would say, buck <laughs> <ereye> Yeah, not Owens. Not Owens. Buck So... <laughs> going we don't know why it just was what it was we were kids you know and you tend to just parrot things you hear things in your house and we just parroted it and it kind of went together so
0: we were special little folks
1: crazy (laughs) we know it's nuts we hope we gave you a good laugh because we are just that crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, Buck Owens (laughs) (laughs) was his name, but it was Buck Owens as far as we were concerned for, you know, singing that song. So, that's right. Thought we'd share it.
0: (laughs) Well, the actual real background on Buck (laughs) Owens is um, he was a prominent architect of a California based Bakersfield sound um, which was one of the biggest country hitmakers of the 60s. That's neat. Yeah, go on. Okay. Our next heavy hitter host is Roy Clark. He had worked in Las Vegas and Washington, D.C. and was hardworking, as well as Loyal and Nashville's Music Row, which allowed him to be known and deeply connected with his skill at mixing music and his onstage comedy. So that's a nice
1: segue into this next fun fact. Okay. As one of the country music's most beloved entertainers, did you know that Roy Clark began playing the banjo, guitar, and mandolin at an at a tender age? Okay. After a few years of hitting the teenage years, he won two national banjo championships. Uh, with his second win, launching him into an appearance at the Grand Ole Opry. Oh. But wait, there's more. Okay. Fun fact number two. Roy Clark also was named the CMA's Entertainer of the Year in 1973 and Musician of the Year in 1977, 78, and in 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Grand Ole Opry had come and tapped Mr. Clark on the shoulder once again, for he became a member of that in 1987.
0: Very impressive. It most certainly is. Thanks for sharing those cool fun facts. No, so we've established the two chosen hosts that helmed the stage for our weekly Hee Haw offerings. Hee Haw wasn't these two first rodeos together in show business, though. The duo, too, had been previous regular guests on the the Jimmy Dean Show, also created and written by our aforementioned Canadian-born creative execs. (laughs) A nice and appropriate precursor to our intriguing deep dive on Hee Haw this week, We now have a better picture of what and who helped fuel the massive media successes this series became. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. If this episode entertained you, please share it. Spread the word. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your continued support. Now, back to the show.
1: to our nostalgic perspective and peer into uh, how things on Hee hall was set up okay uh, the sets were very memorable and can easily recall how colorful and aesthetically pleasing so many of the segments were
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean you know the presentations music were definitely made to entertain the adults choosing to tune in mm-hmm. but really Hee hall was family friendly too so entertaining and lively, it drew in a younger audience as well. It
0: did, uh uh-huh. Especially when it came to the (laughs) (laughs) sing-alongs. What was Hee Haw all about? It is set in the fictional Cornfield County, a rural farming community in an unspecified state down in the southern United States. The series sketches that played out each week centered around the the day-in-the-life visits to local businesses and establishments in the country, all the while showcasing the offbeat, eccentric characters who both live and work there.
1: (laughs) A a barn interior set was used as the main stage for most of the actual musical performances from Hee Haw's premiere until the debut of the Hee Haw Honky Tonk skit in the early 80s. Okay. (laughs) Afterwards, the Hee Haw Honky Tonk served as the main stage for the remainder of the show's run. (laughs) Fun fact. Host Buck Owens. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Mr. Owens. Mr. Owens. Owens. Again, <laughs> <laughs> using the barn interior set for his performances after it was replaced by the Hee Haw Honky Tonk set, and was appropriately renamed Buck's Place. A crazy cool nod to one of uh, Mr. Owen's actual hits entitled Sam's Place.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other settings for the musical performances throughout he Hall's stint included a haystack <laughs> where the cast in its entirety performed songs. Gosh,
1: I totally remember the haystack performances. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty cool.
0: <laughs> There's also the living room of a Victorian house uh, the front porch or lawn of the Samuel B. Sternwheeler home, uh, a grist mill, a mill for grinding grain. Uh, that was where Roy Clark, host Roy Clark, performed a number of his songs in earlier seasons of Hee Haw. Uh, and one of my all-time favorite sets that I could watch on repeat <laughs> was the Railroad or the Train Depot um, set. <laughs> this was originally where Buck Owings... <laughs> this is where he performed his songs before acquiring buck's place as you had mentioned there coop (laughs) yes so this retro country
1: inspired showcase gave refreshing spotlights right there on commercial television all throughout its run for highlighting key samplings of country bluegrass gospel and other styles of traditional american music um, each and every week. Uh-huh, right, right. And this gave platform to plenty of elite standout performances that were grabbing at success, popularity and legacy of Hee Haw in order to reach a broader audience of rural southern and die-hard music fans alike.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've described here the allure and sheer popularity Hee Haw had with its loyal fans, and it's not a stretch as to why but we were among them and but check this out fun fact although he haul was pretty popular with the fans but did you know that despite that fact the critics did not i repeat did not warm to or appreciate Hee haul at first
0: oh shucks (laughs) (laughs) there's those buzzkill critics at their shady shenanigans once again Thank goodness the loyalty of the fans struck a positive chord in regards to the series.
2: Yeah.
0: See, this is a neat development because although Hee Haw had a clear niche audience as its focus, the entertainment to be had while watching Hee Haw truly spilled out to a broader audience outside of said niche. Country music was the primary genre of music, not only for the show, but it was trending white hot all throughout pop culture during that fun era. But other genres of music like big band, rock and roll oldies, even some pop music was offered. Now, let's play out some of the more popular, notable segments showcased, shall we? Oh, yes, here we go. (laughs) So, most of our retro episodes, we speak of
1: the powerful effect of the theme song of XYZ. Mm -hmm. And Hee Haul is no different. It really is one of the sharper, more familiar aspects of the show. (laughs) I agree. Each week in the early seasons, a comedic duet, Archie Campbell and Gordy Tapp, sang the song, Where Are You Tonight? Which goes...
2: Where, where
1: where are are
0: you you tonight? tonight? Why Why did did you leave leave me me here all alone? (laughs) I searched searched the world world over and thought I found found true love. love. You met another another and you you were gone. gone. (laughs) 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 This song right here is 100% synonymous with Hee Haw for all its (laughs) crazy moments, though. You got that right. (laughs) Man, that sure takes you back. Oh, yeah. Especially the um, (laughs) unpolished. The raspberry included at the end of the song is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Now, we're looking at you. This is his humor right there. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, he be turning purple laughing. That's blowing a raspberry. You know, that pulls the kids in. You know, yeah. I mean, of course, that's a doll humor. They get what's going on, but that pulls the kids in and cracks them up easily. <laughs> <laughs> so when this would happen, the singing duo would bust out in laughter after the raspberry, <laughs> usually unable to finish the song. The one who got spat on after being raspberry would change each show. <laughs> you know, the
1: staple was Archie Campbell and Gordy Tapp. Entertaining us with this early shows. Yeah, yeah. But in later seasons, another cast member or guest star on the chorus would Spoof actually mentioned the guest star, that week's name, somewhere in the song's verse prior to the chorus.
0: Yeah, so although the song was basically the same, that clever little detail made for some good nostalgic entertainment. It did, Kennard. <laughs> on episodes that featured
1: more than one guest star. The skit was repeated so that all of the guest stars would have an equal opportunity to participate.
0: That was mighty hospitable of them there. Yeah. (laughs) Cordy Tapp, or the guest star, often stood with his or her back to the viewer holding a (laughs) pitchfork. I still remember that. (laughs) (laughs) While Archie Campbell, or the other cast member holding a skid, sang the verse. At the end of the verse... Archie Campbell or the other cast member would nudge Gordy Tapp or the guest star with their elbow as a form of slapstick time, <laughs> which is the absolute best kind of comedy. Oh, yeah. Whereby Gordy or the guest would then spin around to face the camera to join in or he or she on the chorus. And they bust out singing all of this. This right here is A1A Nostalgic Golden Deliciousness. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what other segments of Hee Haw can you recall, Coop? Well, some of the more nostalgic skits they'd
1: present here were uh, Lulu's Truck Stop (laughs) uh, was about a greasy spoon where both the food and customer service was pretty bad, featuring (laughs) Chef Orville. (laughs) Hee Haw Players, where the cast members take on some of the Shakespeare classics with some unexpected twists and turns. Okay. Hee Haw Amateur Minutes. Uh, was well, a showcase of some of the worst talent around to where the audience almost always started booing. Oh, no. Throwing veggies. <laughs> the hook operator yanking the, the act. You know, the whole nine. Oh, the hook. <laughs> but
0: wait, there's more. <laughs> there is more. <laughs> so what well, we just chuckled at a moment ago, there's the haystack. Yeah, where a male cast member and one of the Hee Haw Honey's talk about love issues while sitting at none other than a haystack. That is the epitome in Picture
1: of Rural Living in a nutshell. It is. It's certainly been our reality, hasn't it? It
2: has.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We live in the (laughs) cornfield. But oh, we're not done. They had cloggers on display. Did you say cloggers, Kennard? I don't remember them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had several champion clogging groups show off their unique skill on heel. Yeah. An entertaining skit called The Moonshiners. Uh, That's very (laughs) self-explanatory. School scenes peppered all throughout. Uh, The Cole Haynes of Cornfield County. Gloom. (laughs) Despair and Agony on Me which involved four cast members male cast members and that usually included uh, Roy Clark, Gordy Tapp Grandpa Jones and Archie Campbell These skits and many many more were such an organic source of entertainment
2: <laughs> you so right
0: <laughs> There were a lot of
1: memories we can recall Yes, Many a skit to be had <laughs> In Gloom, Despair and Agony on Me the four castmates you just mentioned would sit around in, shall we say, country or farming fashion. <laughs> Surrounded by none other than moonshine jugs looking utterly miserable. Oh, no. Convenient, the song began with the chorus, which all of them sang, with each one alternating a pitiful, mournful howl after each of the, the first three lines. Okay. Remember,
0: Misery. Agony on me. <laughs> <laughs> the quartet began by singing the chorus together, followed by each quartet member reciting some humorous reason for his misery in spoken form. <laughs> then, in the first few earlier seasons, the quartet reprised the chorus and get this this is cute. And with all <laughs> for sobbing in a typical exaggerated manner. <laughs> These types of presentations were abundant on Hee haw and easily urged we, the audience, to join in on the fun each and every week. You know, I know we've
1: covered quite a few of the shining details and memories of Hee haw on this week's Orchard Truck Retro, <laughs> and there's so many segments that just warm our country hearts as we go back in our memories and reminisce on some. Oh, yeah. But uh, are any of the skits that you personally enjoyed that we haven't yet mentioned?
0: Oh, uh, you asked me too fast, Coop. (laughs) Give me a second, will ya? I gotta put on my retro thinking (laughs) cap. Okay, so while you're doing that, I'll go ahead and share a couple before we wrap
1: up our discussion on Hee Haw this week. Okay. So, I like the little yellow chicken which is an animated baby chicken who always sweetly mistook any and everything for an egg. That is adorable. (laughs) It is cute, isn't it? I also enjoy the quilt with Minnie Pearl giving romantic advice to several of Hee Haw Honeys Oh, uh, while spending time sitting in a circle making quilts. Okay. And mom loved this one. Okay. <laughs> the Hambone Brothers doing some romantic
0: knee oh, slapping. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, she did. Yeah. She could do the Hambone. She sure could. Yeah, with her little and self. <laughs> Those are some great choices there, Coop. <laughs> A couple of mine I'd like to share with you. Oh, you ready. Yeah, I'm ready now. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to clear the smoke away still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also with our Orchard Archivers that I enjoyed are the um, Grandpa and Minnie's Kitchen, uh, which ran throughout most of the 70s. And was incredibly glib. <laughs> and cute because they'd spoof various popular television shows at the time where Grandpa Jones and Minnie Pearl uh delivered hilarious recipes <laughs> that made absolutely no sense. I also enjoyed the cornfield where cast members as well as guest stars would randomly <laughs> <laughs> pop up from the fictional cartoonish <laughs> cornfield setting to tell jokes and one-liners. I remember, well, the cornfield
1: skit, Kenner. Those were
0: great. They
1: were. Uh-huh. <laughs> so piggybacking off of that memory, I have a quick fun fact to share. Okay. Fun fact. Did you know that David Ackerman, a.k.a. String Bean, played the field scarecrow delivering one-liners before being projected down by a crow parked on his shoulder. (laughs) But here's the tea. After he and his wife were murdered during a robbery at their home in 1973. Did you just say murder? I did. String bean was not replaced, but was tastefully uh, represented with a wooden scarecrow that was seen in the field as a nod in memory to him. Oh my God, that's
0: crazy. Uh, very interesting things we stumble on when doing our deep dive into any Orchard Trek retro. I don't know, interesting, but deeply sad all at the same time. Yeah. I also liked Archie's Angels. Oh my goodness. You know, this was a parody of the popular Charlie's Angels and Let's Truck Together, which reflected the CV-trending radio craze of the late 70s. <laughs> And of course, as kids, we enjoyed more animated critters. And who was one of the standout animated critters there, Goop? Well, that would be the ever-present
1: Hee-Haw Donkey. Uh, uh. (laughs) That would bounce clever quips like, When that dunk your hat in the creek? Or certain animals carried appropriate signs containing a smart mouth quip. Back to out clever. Hee-haw donkey holding <laughs> the sign saying, I'm looking for she-haw, or in later seasons, let us, let us bray. <laughs> Speaking
0: of she-haws, who were
1: the he-haw honeys?
0: Yeah, and you were just talking about he-haw looking for a she-haw or she-haw honeys. <laughs> This is just a slight disclaimer. This is an Orchard disclaimer, but you know, this is what it was back then. Yeah. You know, he haul, she haul, and ever. like, that's just what it was back then. So don't come at us, don't attack us, please. Yes. Because we're just really recalling what pop culture was back then and what was in our retro memories. We're just sharing our memories. <laughs> so this is what it was. Yes. So, you know. <laughs> it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. <laughs> But noted as being part of the Honey family, daughters of Lulu and Kenny Honey, brother Willie, Billy Honey. (laughs) But the Hee Haw Honeys include, uh, let's see, we have Victoria Hallman, uh, Misty Rowe, Jackie Waddell, Irene Mandrell, (laughs) nope, that was Earlene Mandrell, (laughs) Ganilla Hutton, Lisa Todd, Linda Thompson uh, she was actually and I should have let you do this Coop, but that's a fun fact she was married to Bruce Jenner uh-huh. at the time the the former Bruce Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay. Uh, again, this is in the past. Uh, Barbie Benton. A Diana Goodman and Kathy Johnson, or better known as Kathy Lee Gifford. Crazy. Yeah, that Kathy Lee. Wow. <laughs> she was actually a Hee Haw honey in the early days. <laughs> who, who knew, right? <coughs> yeah.
1: So one more fun fact to share before we tie up our intriguing discussion on Hee Haw this week. Fun fact. Hee Haw featured at least two, sometimes three, or four guest stars each week. Ah. Yeah. While most of the stars were country music stars, um, a good number of other genre celebrities were showcased on Hee Haw as well, such as actors, actresses, sports stars, and politicians. Well, this was an awesome nostalgic trek this week, Kennedy. It was. Yeah, good times. We've recounted so much Carmelicious goodness about so many of the fond, deeply burned in memories from recent years, when watching *Hee Haw*, <laughs> known for its campy jokes and entertaining country-themed skits, this retro gem ran on air for over 20 years.
0: Uh, yeah, and a show that, that due to the PC correctness overload in modern times. Sadly, probably couldn't be made or aired today, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you aren't lying on that. Mm-mm. But thankfully, we got to enjoy all the nostalgia, you know, contained within its weekly Saturday night offerings. He being um, what set it apart and stood out from the competition at the time. The country music along with all of the notable stars and acts that appeared on Hee Hall over the
0: years. Yeah. Hee Hall was a good time it really was and you know we're so glad to have come up during a time that had wholesome television shows like he haul it's not only our memories of this series but their real proof is in the ratings an impressive run in syndication as it gave the audience a comedic glimpse into rural culture he haul easily became one of the most beloved television shows of all time wait
1: wait wait on this week's episode well the answer is simple to tune into future treks into the orchard archives meet up with us here next week same time same place at the sweet spot and it would mean the world to us if you could rate leave us a shiny review and feedback spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and explore more iconic memories thank you